In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. You guys, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is a remix. <laughs> no, this is a recap. This is a recap of episode three of Salt Lake City. Now, I know you guys heard my recap of episode two last week, and this is three, and I got a great guest joining me today, uh, Miss Liz O'Malley. Uh, I'll talk about her in a second because she's just amazing. How was your guys' Thanksgiving? Um, a couple show notes up top. This is the smaller episode. This is about an hour and a half. And uh, tomorrow we'll also be releasing a very large size episode with uh, with the producer of Summer House and so many other reality shows that we love. Uh, he did F- Family Karma, uh, Ian Gelfand. And it's a two-hour conversation that I think is just incredible. I'm really proud of this one. Uh, so please listen to that as well. It also has my parents on it and uh, one of my new friends, Samaj Bloodson, who is just, uh, he's an incredible guy. You're going to love him. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that episode as well. But I wanted to have something for you in the morning before I put out the other one in the afternoon. And I know Salt Lake City episode four will uh, come out tomorrow night. And I really wanted you guys to have this to, uh, you know, just to refresh the juice, <laughs> to refresh your Salt Lake City juices. But I mean, I'm telling you guys, with these, my recaps are longer because there's so much to talk about when it comes to Salt Lake. I know you guys are, I know you're like, why do you have such a hard on for Salt Lake? I think everybody should have a hard on guys, girls, and like, <laughs> I think everybody should. I'm really excited. I'm going to show Salt Lake City to my parents. They agreed to watch it over the holidays. Uh, and I think that'll be something that tears our family apart. I think that'll be good. I'm going to act like Brooks with my mom over the holidays, I think. Uh, how are you guys? Was your Thanksgiving okay? I know a lot of you guys didn't spend get to spend time with your family. Um, uh, if, you, if you're if you a member of my Patreon, you heard a little bit more about my, pa- my Thanksgiving experience. And uh, I was... It, it's it was five five or six days with my parents and you know I it can you know I've spent more time with my parents this year than I have any other year um including the year when my relationship broke off broke up and it has been amazing sometimes and sometimes it makes you feel like a kid when you're like an adult and uh but at the same time I feel closer to them than I ever have. And I don't know if that makes me like a nerd to say that. Like I'm totally fine with like hanging out with my folks and stuff. And I've, I've really, it's really been nice to get to know my, know my dad in a, in a better way as I get older. And I've always known my mom, but my mom, man, she loves, I, she loves a good monologue. Like she'll just go, she'll just go. In fact, I secretly recorded her 
I'll probably put that on the main episode because she was just she would you could just get her talking about anything. Like I keep saying, she's like Seinfeld, but none of the observations are funny. It's just she'll say, and I I, I don't even know how to explain it. But she's an amazing woman, like an amazing woman. I just don't know what drives her, and I don't know why I don't have the drive that she does. The lady never rests. I, I'm just, but I, I was sitting there, and the times I would get sort of annoyed. I don't know if you guys ever get annoyed with your folks at all. Um, you know, if they tell you, you know, did you do this? What's your friend up to? Did you do, you know, it's like nonstop questions and stuff. And then I was like the night before they left, and, and, and uh, I was just like, Wow. This I mean, I'm really lucky. Like I really I know I know I'm lucky, but I, I was thinking like, wow, they they wanna come up and spend Thanksgiving with me, you know? I mean also they wanted to see the the ocean, you know, <laughs> and there's not doing anything in Arizona. But still, like, that was cool. They didn't have to drive all the way up during a pandemic and spend time with me. You know, my sister and my niece and nephew weren't there. Like, they could have stayed back, you know. So I was really actually appreciative of that, and it kind of made me look at it in a different sense. But I think a lot of us maybe going through the same thing. I was, like, thinking about all of the Thanksgivings that I've had in L.A., you know. And when you're in your, tr- your 20s, you're throwing together these kind of ramshackle Thanksgivings with all of your friends that have turned into family. And there's, like, these so many amazing memories of those. And then you get into your... 30s and you start having more professional Thanksgivings and your, you know, your friends start having families of their own. And I don't know, it's really interesting. So it'll, it's always interesting to see what Thanksgiving turns into and uh, what it means. And you always get those texts on Thanksgiving, you know, of like, uh, oh my God, I'm so thankful for you. Or, oh my God, what are you wearing? No, but like, you know, we all send these texts to people. And I, I sent, I only sent two that I was embarrassed about. Like, you know, like when you're like, uh, I want to tell this person that I'm really thankful for them, but they'll, they might think it's weird. And I think I only creeped out two people, you know, did you guys creep out anybody in your, you know, cause you, you do the mass Thanksgiving text and then you do the funny emoji text, you know? Uh, but then I, I sent like two semi-serious ones to people I don't know very well, but people that have always inspired me, you know? And I think that's, you know, I don't know, that's, it's probably the Frenette Bronca talking, but I don't know, that was the only kind of embarrassing thing was I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And then, you know, just saying that I really think this person's like, so such and such, like really funny and inspiring. And then you're just like, does this come off kiss ass? Or is this like, I genuinely mean it, but I, I don't know if this, I don't know. So it, it gave me a lot of time to, uh, to think. And I, was planning a lot about the planning out a lot about the podcast future. And it's, uh, if you guys listened, uh, and I'll repeat this on the other one as well. If you guys listened to the episodes last week and I know you were busy, so you might not have because it was a holiday, but we will be going to a daily format. Um, and a lot of you guys really wrote me in some really nice support about that. And it's for a business decision. Um, and it's not going to start until the, first week in January, I think we're going to start on the 4th and we'll be doing smaller episodes. We'll be doing five hour episodes Monday through Friday. No, it's really exciting. Actually, we're going to be doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
you know, you're going to have my parents still, you're going to have great interviews still, you're going to be having uh, pop, pop culture roundups to take you into the weekend. I really, it started getting really exciting because like I plan out these big shows, it's like these big shows, but it's split into five. And you know me, it's probably going to be a little bit longer here and there, but it's going to really specify more of like who I am, what I find funny, you know, music I want you to listen to, things that like I just think are ridiculous, all the same stuff. But it's going to allow me to plan a little bit more ahead in the future. And it's going to be allowed, uh, it's going to allow me to grow this audience more than it already has. And we're doing amazing. But we're going to get a point where we can put ads on here and I can be with a company that I want to be with. So we're going to try that and we're going to see how that works. But uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, you know, I had a lot of meetings with Maritza about, um, you know, digital artwork because it's going to be nothing changes. The music is the same. The logo is the same. But we were planning out some fun stuff and it, it's really exciting, you know, and it, you guys know organization for me is a hard thing. Like I, it's like this tornado I keep in the air and I just hope that I can keep all these plates in the air and it's just kind of like, ooh. It's always like, is he going to get it out? Is he going to get the podcast out? It's, you know, it's always this kind of like race to the finish line. So to that end, I'm going to be taking the last two weeks off of December. Uh, so I'll still be doing Patreon episodes. Um, and uh, I'm going to, uh, I have to transfer over a bunch of, there, there's, you don't need to know, but there's a, a bunch of technical stuff I need to do and make sure that works and switch all that over. So I guess I'll, I'll keep saying this, so I hope this doesn't bother you as we get into the next couple of weeks of episodes, is that I will be asking you, especially that first week of January, is play at least 10 minutes of each episode so it counts as a download. So make sure you're subscribed to this podcast um, because we will be transferring over some things, so I don't want you to miss anything. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure those first couple weeks, you like I said, you don't have to listen to the whole thing, but listen to like a little piece of it. Uh, I'm trying to get these numbers to a, a certain place, and I think we can... Uh, I think we can do this together. So, and and of course, the goal, like as always, the goal is for us to go to Buca de Beppo in Encino, California and have the time of our fucking lives. I'm telling you, first drink is on me. We get Dorit and PK down there. We get Boy George down there. Can you imagine all of us just celebrating, having the time of our lives? In fact, we'll play that song. I'll hire a DJ We'll play that song from Dirty Dancing, like the, I had the time of my life, but I never felt. And then remember the Black Eyed Peas did the remake of it? It was like, Will I Am was like, I had the time of my life. <laughs> but, which, by the way, we do talk about this in today's recap. The choral music from Salt Lake City. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> My parents asked me what I was doing in the other room. They thought I was crying. <laughs> they thought I was crying because I kept going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 if you guys are just tuning in for the first time, <laughs> there's this. There's something that I really like about this show. Okay, Salt Lake City. Okay, there's a show called Real Housewives. It's not funny. I, I can already hear another review. This guy always laughs at himself. He's an asshole. Yes, I have tears streaming. Okay, I... 
okay. Like, so when you watch these shows, you're so used to like a certain, like a certain way, you know, like you're used to the housewife music. In fact, somebody had a great idea that DM me today and said I should reach out to who does the music on Salt Lake and I would die to talk about the creative process of that. If any of you other podcasters are listening to this and you steal this from me, I swear to God, I know I'll come for you. Um, <laughs> that sounded more serious than I meant it. Um, but, you know, you're so used to a certain way and you hear something different or see something different and it becomes like, whoa, like Salt Lake, we're seeing fully developed characters in the third episode already. And it's like, whoa, but the same with the choral music. So like when, the, you know, they'll do the regular like, in between scenes and they'll have that but then they'll have this kind of haunting magical like I sound like a dolphin here in Salt here in Salt here in Salt Lake the days are cold but the nights are hot here in Salt Lake. <laughs> Real house of Salt Lake City. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's so early. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> my dad, when I was a kid, would always like come up from behind on my mom. This is horrible, actually. Come up from behind on my mom and like, like, kind of <laughs> grab her boobs and go honk honk. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Honk honk. And it sounds like the music in Salt Lake City. But, it, but it's like, <laughs> you know, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir will go honk. You guys know what I'm saying? Let me see if I can find some tabernacle music. One sec. This is all I can find. Salt Lake. That's all. I tried to find like tab- I tried to find tabernacle choir in my iTunes, and that's all I have. But anyways, it's like they're trying something different. It's like really minimal, but at the same time, it stands out so much, and I love it. It's just like so you'll, it's like doo 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 boop ha ha ha. It's just really, it it's the gravity of it is just incredible, folks. Incredible. Um. <clears throat> so anyways. Uh, thank you for all your support. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Let's get into this shiz. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Episode 3 Recap, Liz O'Malley. Let me tell you a little bit about Liz. She was on the program before. She has an amazing Instagram account called Vanderpump Jewels uh, with her and two other ladies that I keep... I need them on the show as well, uh, but I, I really... You, if you guys are on Instagram, you probably follow them, but it's Vanderpump, J-U-U-L-S. And I just think these ladies are all just really hysterical. Her name is Liz O'Malley, and her Instagram handle, I'll put this all on the uh, the the, uh, the show notes as well, and it's just L-I-Z-O-M-A-L-L-E-Y. 
And uh, she actually wanted to plug her roommate's um, uh, jewelry. And I looked at this jewelry on her page, and I don't know a lot about jewelry, but this stuff looks awesome. And it seems like I'm going to be doing some holiday episodes with, like, gift stuff. Actually, in a couple days, I'm going to release a bonus episode. But this place she rec- recommended was called Temperamental De- Temperamental Underscore Designs. So that's T-E-M-P-E-R-A-M-E-N-T-L underscore D-E-S-I-G-N-S. And there's like really cool jewelry on here that uh, you could pick up for a loved one. So Liz comes on to recap this episode, and we just had a blast. I had a blast with her. She's always so fun to talk to. Uh, I'm an idiot, and the first 20 minutes of this uh, did not record well. Um, So we start right at the beginning of the recap, but what you did miss was we talked about Vanderpump Jewels, we talked about Vanderpump Rules, and uh, we literally were trying to guess which one of the Vanderpump Rules kids won't take the vaccine, and we decided on Jax, because Jax will say he took the vaccine, but just like he said he, remember, he said he voted, and he's not even registered to vote this year, either is Brittany. Um, So we think he'll say he took the, the vaccine, but he will not have taken it, so... Uh, you missed that conversation. We talked about the other ladies in Vanderpump Jewels that she works with. Uh, we talked about her Thanksgiving. Uh, we talked about our mutual love of an artist that I go- I know you guys know if you listen to this show that I love so much. We both love Phoebe Bridgers, and her new album, Punisher, is amazing. But uh, she has a new music video out that came out today with the uh, the actor from that Netflix show. His name's Paul Mescal. And really ugly dude. No, he's a good-looking dude, and that pisses me off. But um, Phoebe Wallace-Bridgers, the lady from Fleabag, directed the video with Phoebe Bridgers. So that's Inception. But every—I'll play another Phoebe Bridgers song at the end of this episode, probably, because I just, for some reason, you know, it's like she was—you know that feeling you get? You know, like, you guys are like me. Like, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're a fan— of something, you know, the people that I think listen to podcasts are open to being fans or can get obsessive about things. And like, those are the best times, some of the best times in my life when I go down a rabbit hole of just needing to find out every piece of information about something I love, you know, whether it be, you know, Real Housewives of New York or Batman or you know, Phoebe Bridgers, but I remember hearing Phoebe Bridgers for the first time and I, it just clicked for me. And there's those, you know, some music it's hard. It takes you a while to like find an entrance point and you fall in love with it gradually over time. That was like Nick cave and the bad seeds for me. And it was my friend, uh, dusty used to listen to it all the time. And I used to hate it. I was like, Oh, and then one day it just clicked for me and I loved it. But Phoebe was different. Like, I loved her from the beginning. There's something in a voice. And this is, I always said this without about acting, you guys, was that it always frustrated to me that, it, you know, you would watch this in musicals a lot, where actors who could sing could make you cry within two minutes, within a song, because of the way they hit a note or the way they sing a lyric. But it'll take an hour and a half in a play or a movie to sometimes get that same emotional response out of an audience member. And I was always so jealous of that, but it's true. Like Phoebe Bridgers, the way she hits a note, for some reason it kind of stirs something in my soul, and I know that sounds crazy, but there are those artists, and we all have different ones. Um, 
And I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool. And I don't know what the connect, but I think it means something. And I think we have to pay attention to those things that we deeply love. And we have to give respect and credence to that. And I remember hearing it for the first time and I was like, whoa. And I, I went on YouTube and looked up every live video I could of this girl. And each one was better than the next. And, you know, I don't know if ever, I think everybody should love her, but I know that usually is not the case, but I, I'm pretty confident in what I like. It's like one of the only places where I am confident, like fully. And I'm okay if other people don't like what I like. But this, I was just like so moved. And I just love those moments when it keeps you up at night, whether it be a good book or a good movie or a good podcast or a good conversation with a friend, you know, those are the moments that we really cherish. And I guess at the end of the day, that's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> we tied it all into Thanksgiving. But anyways, me and Liz talked about our mutual love of that, and that eventually led us to Reels Housewives of Salt Lake City, Episode 3. So here is my conversation with the one and only Liz O'Malley. In this town, I'm Queen B and MVP. When you take cheap shots, always expect a hangover. This rose isn't scared to handle a little prick. Jealousy is a disease to which I say, get well soon. I love God, but I will read you like a scripture. Just like my pioneer ancestors, I'm trying to blaze a new trail. Okay, so uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City how did it come into your life? Where, what did you feel? Anything uh, in the beginning? Well, I feel like, as you know, from following me on Twitter, I'm very into like cults and, you know, offbeat religions, let's put it that way. Um, so <laughs> as soon as I saw the trailer for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I was like, I'm sold. I'm in, let me have it. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and I'm obsessed. It has, it has exceeded my expectations. <laughs> Somebody was complaining the other day, or I read them complaining about, well, it's too much religion. And I was like, no, no I think that's, more. I think that's what gives it weight, you know, yeah. is this the backdrop of the Mormon church or even Mary's church is like, mm -hmm. this already kicks ass over other housewives that are just like, oh, you're just rich. Like, exactly. No, I, that's what I love when there's a housewives franchise where there's like this weird, like underpinning of culture. Like, like that's why New Jersey is so good. Right. Cause it's like this weird, like Italian, like niche culture that not a lot of people get to experience. So like as an yes. East person, that's familiar to me, but as a, like the Mormon one is not at all. So this is like a peek into a world that I have no understanding of. Yeah. And then even like the, the, the Presbyterian with Mary or whatever that is. Oh, the faith, faith, like, Pentecostal. I mean, Pentecostal. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> even another, like, I'm just like, wow, it's not even just Mormon. We're going down the line of like really insane things. Yeah. And then having like Meredith is, you know, like a, a non-practicing, but like, identifies as Jewish and then um Lisa is like culturally Jewish but you know Drinks. converted yeah and converted to Mormonism like it's all over the map and I mean like Whitney and Heather's relationships to the Mormon church and in being like you know related to these like famous people that helped Joseph yeah, Smith yeah. they're like, like Jebe Jebediah ran whiskey yeah. for Joseph it's a really it's an I'm amazing like, how did find these people <laughs> <Where'd> they, <laughs> but, um, but do you do you ever watch these shows that i include like the vow where i'm like i guess i really am into history like you know where you're like 
<laughs> wow, it turns out I do like learning, you know? Oh, I, I watch, all I do is pretty much watch like documentaries about weird shit. So when something, and which I consider this, this is, this franchise is honestly like exceeded like a real housewives franchise to me it's almost like a hybrid of this and like some fucked up tlc show and like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's perfect well and then also coming off the summer that we had i think this i don't even know what month we're in but like the, <laughs> va the vow which was nixium on hbo mm -hmm. into seduced which was nixium on stars and then uh -huh. seduced ended and i was like what's gonna fill that void and then it was like real housewives of salt lake city really is scratching that itch yes Oh, more so. Yeah, I, more than I could imagine. Like, I need, I have so many questions, especially about Mary. Like, still, there's many things left unsaid. The there. third episode is insane, you guys. We've talked about the first two, but the third episode is insane because it almost, I, it almost humanized Mary, where I was like, oh, yeah. well, well, I mean, you know, step-grandfather, people do. <laughs> like, I almost started, like, kind of sympathizing with Mary's journey. Yeah, the only thing I still really, truly don't understand about Mary is why she always wears those fingerless Chanel gloves everywhere she goes, and usually only on one hand. <laughs> okay, you're you're a woman. This is a great way. Why, <laughs> okay, now, why do the clothes that she's are so expensive fit so poorly on her? Like, what do you not get fitted clothes when they're couture or something? I genuinely cannot speak to anything regarding Mary's clothing choices. <laughs> she keeps telling they me it's fancy. They are in a league of their own. <laughs> But it's like, I, it's like you tell Nothing me it's fancy, but I keep thinking, I'm like, I I know I'm more of an old Navy guy, but like, it just doesn't <laughs> seem like it works in any kind of sense. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, I there, I think it was the first, the very first episode she was wearing white tights and I still haven't recovered from that. That was like that's, very weird. To, I'm like, you're like in your 40, like that's a little girl thing. That's, that's not well, that's, normal. Wait, and then the second episode, she was waiting for a package to arrive to hit the ski right. slopes because she was... She was waiting for a Chanel ski thing that didn't write up her ass and give her a wedgie, which yeah. is just like comfort is king. But I just I, I didn't know Chanel was the place to go for like anti wedgies, you know? True. Yeah, I wouldn't ever I wouldn't know. <laughs> you know, having not having not have having access to Chanel, I wouldn't um, yeah, you're be missing aware out. of the benefits. But do you think Chanel like was just mortified of like, Jesus, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, their social media manager was like, stop tagging. If, he if if heaven exists, do you think God would kind of be like, I really didn't appreciate how I was talked about on your show, you know, like. Yeah, I think like God would be like, your fingerless glove costs $4,000. You could have like fed some people with that. I also, she says like when she inherited her grandmother's wealth, it was houses. And I believe I read online, it was like restaurants. And like, there's a whole network of of questions. I, well, yeah. there's so much information out there on Mary and her business dealings now and stuff that I think there is no possible way she makes it to season two. <laughs> but no, no, not even a joke. Do you, I mean, like, just like, do no, you think, yeah. you, like, I think everybody sees like bright lights and, oh, this is cool. I'll be on TV. Like I'll be like Lisa <laughs> Vanderpump. And then you're like, well, I might be involved in some illegal activity that might get like really, sh this will shine a light on that. I mean, yeah, the Rehazas franchise has been known to send people <laughs> to prison before. So <laughs> I think that's a risk, but I also think that everyone who signs up for it is an egomaniac by nature, yes. even if I like them. So I think that they they will if they can keep going, they will until they hit hit the end. Okay, so Mary is a classic, like just wackadoo, but they started humanizing her in episode three. What do you think of Lisa Barlow, the tequila lady you just talked with? I about, again, about. just a total not like I'm like, who what? 
who so she's from new york yeah she converted to mormonism as a teen when missionaries came to her family's house and now and then she went to like brigham young and then now she's just full lds and and, and she married a lifelong Mormon, which, which, by the way, the guy- tequila? it's like she's a bowl of contradictions. I don't know what to make of her, honestly. I really that's what I would have loved to have seen the conversation where she presented uh, being liquor, liquor in the liquor business to her Mormon husband. Like, because, you her know, he probably didn't bring it. Talks about like tiger tattoos and shit. Do, yeah, I, the husband was like, I'm going to. I, but I wonder if it was her idea and then he, she was like, you look sexy when you allow me to do liquor thing. And, <laughs> like, and she like encouraged tattoos. Like all the guys on this, none of them, like I, I saw some girls like thirsting for Meredith Marks's husband. And oh God, no. I was just like, he's just playing. And Meredith Marks puts on every one of the Instagram posts. She'll tag, uh, keep it moving, honey. Like people yeah. are like clicking, trying to figure out what his deal is. Ooh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. That's yeah, go look, go look at the pictures on, on her Instagram. Anyone with him, she has a tag of like, keep it moving love or something. Like, I, I, don't, I don't endorse that. I don't endorse thirsting after Meredith Marks's. Yeah, I just didn't think that, I didn't think Meredith Marks's husband was a thing, you know? You're better than that. <laughs> it's like, but, uh, okay, so Meredith Marks, do you like her? I tentatively like her, but I don't like, again, my brain like does not know how to process the show because like you go to her house and it's like this, like it's at the same time futuristic and very like 1980s and every, like they're always dressed to the nines. Like yeah. in that scene, I don't want to jump ahead, but with Jen and the kids are like, we're going to go to Best Buy, but they're wearing like a structured, a structured dress. Like it's, it's like a whole thing. I don't well, know. And then I was like, are my they... brain melts when I try to like process everything that's happening. I was that. trying to remember, like, I was like, when I was a kid, did I, I mean, is Best Buy code for something? Like I, when I would <laughs> want to go to Best Buy, I was like looking to buy like a CD or something. And I was like, is this code? Are they going to go party? And then I was like, no, they're Mormons. They probably really are just going to Best Buy. No, but, but they're like, not Mormons. They're, they're just, they're Jewish. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I can't imagine there's like a real cool, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I, I just can't imagine no, there's, there's, like a, no. there's a big scene they're like going to party in. Cause like, Brooks, Meredith's the son, who's gotten a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. I really liked him in the beginning. And now after this episode, I was kind of like, you don't rule your mom. Like, and you don't rule this show. You do not dictate what happens, Brooks. Yeah. Her family outside of the separation with her husband gives me like Manzo family vibes where they're like, we just love our family. And like, our family is so cool and so wealthy. And we have like a big house that we love to eat dinner in together. <laughs> and uh, I don't care for it necessarily. But yeah. I do like that they give Brooks like the confessionals. Like he has, like not everyone has those. No, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. I, think, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like Brooks bullied his way into a confessional. I think Brooks took the semester off college, like to be on the show. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. She's like, oh, yeah. I wanted to be with my mom and the separation is like, no, you saw she was going to be on Bravo and you wanted yeah. to be on Bravo. And he has a clothing line and he was like, I'm just going to promote this. Which, Which by the smart. way, I read Jen Shaw was wearing his tracksuit in one of the first episodes. And for him to come down that hard on Jen Shaw with her vagina in this episode is just really uncalled for. Yeah, that episode left me confused. I mean, that scene rather left me confused because she's on the couch with her leg kicking and she's yelling grinder. And so I feel like there was something left out that maybe actually could have offended Brooks. Yeah, because grinder, grinder, you guys, I, I'm sure you guys know, but if you don't, grinder is a uh, popular uh, gay uh, match app. 
right? I don't even know yeah, how to say it. Yeah, dating app. I was like, I got to word this properly so I don't offend anybody, but it's for guys like so they can hook up with other guys, you know? Yeah. So and so that's what I assume she was referencing when she was doing that. So I can understand if she was like making a grander joke because Brooke is like 18, 19. He's not old enough to like engage with his mom's friends in that way. He's still like a teenager. So he yeah. probably felt weird. Well, I would have felt weird. I follow Brooks on Instagram because once again, I'm weird as hell. And <laughs> he posted a shot of him and Chloe, his, his sister in the hot tub. And he was doing like an extreme zoom on her face. It was like, Chloe, Chloe. And I'm like, but it no, was like, yeah, it was weird. It was like no excitement to it. It was just like, Chloe, Chloe. And it was like going in on her face. And she like looked up from typing on her phone in the hot tub and just stared blankly. Yeah, they're the kind of family that would like post a picture of their sibling in a bathing suit for their birthday. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, <laughs> that's just a weird move. Like, why wouldn't you just post a normal photo? Adam. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, and I don't not- know if they've actually done that, but I'm about well, to go check after we do this because I feel like I'm onto something where it's like, what? And the thing is, <laughs> I'm not saying that in any way it's sexual, but I'm not not no, saying it. Yeah, exactly. Not- but it's like you made a sexual choice in a place where you didn't have to. Well, like, I've never been... This is all speculative. <laughs> like, we're, these are, people I this is our fan remember. fiction. Yeah, yeah. But I've never been that intimate with my sister in my life where I've been in a hot tub with her and I've been like, Kara camera and like i've never done that or nor would do that yeah, they're like a they're like a close family in a weird way which is like great i'm not and i'm not i i might come off jealous but i'm not jealous i'm i'm close with my family but okay so uh what do you think of uh whitney i i feel i i like whitney i think she's like a nice person her house reminds me of the houses in big love when they did did you ever watch big love <laughs> yes it love literally looks like one HBO show bill pa- paxton was a polygamist in utah and they had connecting homes where you could go out like in the backyard and it would connect with the other three homes with the other two wives and that's what i hate to say it but that's what her house her neighborhood looks like well, uh, she brought up the history lesson of the cans with the string exactly. like, to hide the wives in the second episode. And I don't, I like love that her and her husband seem so in love, but I'm not going to pretend that I understand it at all. Wait, love or their love? Their love. I, okay. I, I, I hope. I, I, I'm not yeah, going to pretend right. I understand wow, love. Ryan asking the fucking hard hitting <laughs> questions. going to go listen to some Phoebe <laughs> um but no their love specifically i'm confident i don't understand (laughs) um but she seems happy she does seem happy but i love that she kind of dodged the question i believe in the second episode if she was a swinger or not if her and her husband was (laughs) she was like i just don't want to get into it so she kind of said she wasn't into that lifestyle but she never really fully said it she said i don't want to talk about it and have that get brought up at the ski table so but she did she, say there was like a large, she was the one that said there was a lot of swingers in Utah. Yes. Right? And I'm trying to say this, uh, fine, is that uh, she keeps talking about like, I was a such a good Mormon by the book Mormon. And then I had a beer one night with my boyfriend and I realized I'm doing this just to impress somebody else. And for people, when they have that kind of not fall from grace, but that kind of realization, yeah. like i sometimes feel like they can swing the, well, All the way. Yeah. why shouldn't I have sex with more than one husband, you know? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Or They're make love to Running yeah. around the backyard, fucking swapping <laughs> around the little pond or whatever. <laughs> one, uh, 
She has a stripper pole. She always has stri- like Lisa was like, there's a theme. But what is Lisa sounds like a pack a day smoker, but she's a Mormon, so I'm sure she doesn't. But her voice is like, yeah. Whitney, there's a theme with Whitney. <laughs> there's, no, she all she always sounds like she's, cold, she's like cold or has a hoarse voice or something like that. I'm like, yeah. I need a Diet Coke pronto. And which is smoking the Diet Coke. Yeah. Like a crack. Um, uh, okay, so and by the way, what do you think of Whitney's dad? Uh, very good hair. And he always, he's like, hey, Whitney, yeah, I'm pretty. It like, sounds like Bill Clinton a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> I feel like I really like their relationship in terms of like that she's supporting him throughout his like addiction journey. And I think that's yeah. really important. His hair, I don't understand. That's one thing I don't. Well, get. that's what I, that's another reason why I like the show. It's like. It's very Utah though. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. they all seem very Utah. What I, what I like about the show is that I can make fun of Whitney and her dad, but at the same time, I really do appreciate that, like, journey that he's obviously going through. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's a really intense thing. I can still joke about somebody and and also appreciate their... I mean, n- no matter if you're a drug addict or not, you shouldn't have that kind of hair. Like, that's not... <laughs> like, we can all agree on that. That's, you know... Yeah, no, the hair is not good. And to, for someone with such, such a career in hair, apparently... Yeah, what a, what a, it's like an odd choice. A, I don't know. Also, some, an obvious choice. There's some kind of a hair cutters association that you might not be allowed back into. <laughs> if like you're like you have to send us a current photo of yourself, and uh, <laughs> but also he seems like such a good natured guy where he'd like look at all these memes and be like, ha, ha, I get it, I get it, I got some crazy, hair. I got it. <laughs> um, I think okay. The rules are in Utah for hair. What'd you say? So I think the rules are different in Utah for hair. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. Um, what do you think of Heather? Heather Gay. I tentatively like Heather. I love I, that you keep saying tentatively, and that's the I know, smart I way don't to go about commit, it. Ryan. No, I love that. I love that because you're like you've been you've been like heartbroken before, oh, like bro. That, yeah. <laughs> But I will say it's hard for this show because it feels like we're walking into like the second or third season of like a well like yes. marinated show. Yes. It feels definitely. like like okay, I just binged Atlanta from start to finish. Like I had watched the very early seasons and then I fell off Atlanta and OC like around the same time. And I never picked Atlanta back up and I was like, I love Eva and all these people, so I have to go back and watch it. And I think it might be my favorite franchise i thought i thought it was so good so was that journey was that a good journey for you obviously it was yeah i liked it a lot but i also binged it like straight through so it was like very satisfying because there was there's so many seasons yeah there's like i feel like i just got to watch it forever but i would say like salt lake city like atlanta takes a few seasons to heat up as most of the franchises do and i feel like we're just we dropped into like season four Oh, I mean, fully. I mean, like, Jen Shaw seems like she's eight seasons in and she's, like, the villain. Like, I mean, like, Jen Shaw is the... We'll get back to Heather in a sec. Jen Shaw is the the one that, like, I'm like, you trained to do this. Like, you... Yeah. Some, somebody, like, you went through some kind of boot camp or something mm-hmm. because you're, you're throwing classic lines, like, that are, like... I mean, Dorinda worked up to clip and stuff like that, you know? Somehow in, like, the Soviet Union, they would- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Please tell me. No, no, please. I just want to pause and really appreciate where we're about to go with this. They would, like, select children at a young age <laughs> to be gymnasts or, yes. like, hockey players or whatever the fuck, and yeah. they would train them. I think Andy Cohen has started doing that with, like, 
22 year old um like wealthy woman and he started bringing them to like underground training oh, facilities oh my god I, and jen shaw is the first one that he's pushed into the sunlight she he brought her down in 2007 <laughs> he's I'm been training her i'm dying thinking of it like baseball scouts <laughs> yeah like, you know like uh Andy, I just I just saw a girl at the mall today that started shit at Forever Twenty One. You know, hey, you guys, I just want you to know I did pick up my phone to do a prop photo. <laughs> I'm the carrot top of podcasters. So. Um, okay, so Jen is just like on another planet. Have you read? Uh, I'm I'm so hyped on this right now. Have you read Jen Shaw's tweets? Oh, I've seen some of them. Yeah, there's no she, fucking way she runs just, her own Twitter account. No filter calling people out though. But there's no way that she no, knows. It's obvious. Team Shaw. Team Shaw. It's yeah, like it's Shaw. Squad. It's Shaw Squad. Shaw like, it's, Shaw yeah, squad. you're like Team. You mean her friends that she she pays? That's what I'm saying. Like, well, but how? Much, I looked into her husband's salary last week, and it was like four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, which is nothing to <laughs> nothing to shake your turn, turn your head at. But at the same time, it doesn't. It doesn't Maybe. pay for like 15 Shaw squatters. But we live in Los Angeles, oh. New York City. But and she was in Salt Lake. I don't know like, what the cost of living is there. I assume it's much less. She's where she's driving a Porsche. She's wearing fancy shoes that are like strapless in snow. Like that, that, that lifestyle adds up. And then to 15 other mouths to feed on top of that, plus her kids. Could be a Judice situation to brewing well, that's what I was like there could be family money involved that's true hospital money no I'm just kidding so Jen I, I think in episode four which is airs uh this will come out in the morning and then people have episode four to watch tomorrow night which I think starts to humanize uh because we saw in the preview at the end of episode three that she cries at her dead dad's graveyard mm. Which, by the way, I just keep, I keep accidentally saying dead dad's graveyard. If you're at your dad's graveyard, you assume he's dead. <laughs> okay, so Heather Gay, that's, that's, uh, what okay, do we think of, yeah, what do we think of her? I, <laughs> I think she has a lot to work through because, we're, so we see her at the baby shower with all of her um, spa employees. There's like yeah. five of them who are pregnant, all with boys, which is absolutely freakish as hell. They're all wearing white. Everyone's That's what I'm saying. White. There's like Rosemary's bait. Like there's like- It's I'm not okay. This is all. like an Ari Aster midsummer kind of thing. Yeah. Like like you like film in the somewhere here, Ari, you know? It's fully unrecognizable to me as like a, a civilization, but I try to understand <laughs> it. I'm an alien just looking in. But yeah, I think when she gave her little speech where she was like, you think they're gonna be per like, like she was like, I'm horrified that you're pregnant so young. And she's like, you know, all these girls think they're gonna have these perfect babies. Like, I think she has a lot of feelings she needs to- Work through, yeah. Yeah, she needs to go to her doctor and ask for pills and do <laughs> therapy. But what, okay, but what I will say is that this episode made me start to think that she might be the moral center of the show hmm. because she was, you know, she did that really nice thing for all five of her employees, you know, they got pregnant, all pregnant at the same time. But she also said like what I thought was amazing about like her divorce of like, you guys weren't in love, but you're saying you would have stayed mar married and she would have been like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I made, I made a commitment to God and I, you know, that has been broken and not by my choice. And there was like, I felt real compassion for her. And that's the thing where it's like, every time I think I want to just write somebody off on the show is crazy. Mm -hmm. They do a really nice job of then showing the other side that has a little bit more weight to it than your average real housewife series. 
yeah, I think all of these people are incredibly multifaceted and I'm just like, I need to know everything about you. But yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a good observation. I think like Heather is really supposed to be that kind of like healthy medium upon which we like track all of the other women. Yeah. Um, because she's, you know, sympathetic to Mormonism still and like has this ingrained Mormonism, but also has left and recognizes the things that are wrong with it. So yeah, she's kind of in that middle space. I wonder if she'll like, I mean, and that's like, they just like we found out in the first episode they just allowed um you know african americans in the church in the 80s i think yeah they weren't even allowed in the church i mean and if you look at the history i i told you guys to read this but really under the banner of heaven by john krakauer goes into the mormon religion in really great depth but also the split off the the um uh what do they call them the subsects or the oh yeah the, the, the fundamentalists yeah the fundamentalists yeah um, and it's just, it's a wild history and like, it involves like magic goggles and stuff. So it's like, and they, did you know about magic underwear, right? Is I, I, I know that there is such a thing, but I yeah. don't know like the details. And so it's like white under, like it's white undergarments and it like protects you. If you get into a car accident or something like that, it's supposed to protect you if you're wearing your white garments. Oh, I thought it was like a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just assumed it was like you know in the uh, in the former Soviet Union it was. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, okay, so this time this episode is titled "Every Everybody Needs a Switzerland," which uh, yeah. Switzerland is you guys. If you need a little history uh, lesson, they're neutral. Uh, they never really take a side. Uh, episode three, you know the the I actually have, I'm still at that spot where I don't fast forward through the opening credits. And I yes, agree. I was stuck with Whitney's this one, uh, struck by Whitney's this one again of this Rose isn't scared to handle a little prick. And no, so zero sense. Well, but then it got like, then my mind, I was like, I mean, I, I'm not even, but I was like, is she talking about like little dicks? Cause she's a swinger. Like, I was like, is she, like, is it, you're looking for an Easter egg in, in Whitney's. I mean, <laughs> I, I know it wouldn't be on that on the nose, but like, if you are, Okay, say you're even like the rumors out there that you're a swinger. Would you have anything in your housewife's tagline that says prick and like, I... No, my, I, God, housewives, that's a huge decision. That's such a big decision. And these women seem to take it so lightly. Yeah, like, I just feel like they didn't like, do you realize how we're going to decipher this stuff? This is like the Da Vinci Code and I'm like trying to scramble something. I'm like, you just yeah. don't like willy nilly just like pick a housewife slogan. Yeah, like if this was like, you know, the 1600s and there was like a Bible in town, this would be like what was written under your name. <laughs> your name. This is who you are. Um, okay, so uh, the the other thing that I talked about last week that I really ridiculously love is the music. <laughs> I mean, Bravo kills it every time. With the but music. this has something so added to it where it's the... Oh, oh, oh. they put like a choral thing in it where and it's like that's like new and inventive but like every time they'll be like oh, oh, oh. and it's i'm like, very like southern charm where they decided to take like a regional twist on like their weird bravo yeah. i'm southern like, charm wow it's ragtime baby i just introduced my roommate to southern charm so i've just been like he's got money <laughs> like that's been like in my brain all day a week, a month. <laughs> um, so I just, I really, I beg you guys to pay attention every time they drop a choral thing in there because 
there being like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And I really appreciate that kind of attention to detail. Uh, we open up with Lisa uh, and she's um, she tells her husband she needs a Diet Coke really badly, which is relatable. And uh, I, felt she's, I felt that in my yeah, she's And she's in the car with her son, Henry, and her husband, John. And she's like, Henry, I need you to work on 10 commandments. Um, she's like, what are, what are the 10 commandments? And he's like, thou shall not smoke that thou shall not do anything bad. And she asks, what's bad. And he goes looking at porn and Lisa's like, yeah, definitely stay away. Um, yeah, that I, was deeply bizarre. Were you a kid that were, did you pay attention to like any kind of commandments? Were you like obsessed with like any did you like uh, sin or like, was there a part where you got? Well, I grew up, I'm like Irish Catholic. So yeah. I mean, the sin was, yeah, that was a frequent, frequently brought up. But I felt if you're like a lot of Irish Catholic people are just very disconnected, but you, you're, you're forced to learn it. So I like, yeah. it, I learned it, but it never penetrated like my soul. Like I was always like, oh, that's the thing I have to do on Sunday or whatever. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a thing that was... <laughs> I was raised Catholic as well. And there's like just an internal Catholic guilt that you carry yeah, around all even, of the time, yeah. you know? You don't have to practice the commandments. You wake up and feel terrible about yourself. Yeah. And it's like at this point, like if I yeah. even were to go back to the Catholic church and do like, um, what's the, what's the thing when you confess your sins? Confession. If I went to confession, <laughs> it's like at this point, I've forgotten things that I've done wrong. Like, wouldn't like if, if heaven exists and you're like, well, you did go back, but you forgot to ask forgiveness for these big five things major between the ages of 20 and 25, you know? Yeah, you're supposed to say every specific thing. So it adds yeah. up, you know? The sins they pile on. Um, do you think the priests like that kind of stuff? Like, they're like, I love confession. Or do you, I think, you know? Yeah, like, I think I, I would. If I were, I'd be like, that's the best part of my day. I mean, Never it's got to be like, <laughs> it's got to be like the priest's version of like Twitter or something. Of like, yeah, oh my then God. He sees everyone on Sunday chilling with their families, being like, I know what you did. I know what you did. <laughs> I'd be the priest that just is winking at everybody, like, <laughs> gotcha. Um, okay, so. Uh, Lisa's there. Then we go like this is that thing they usually do in Housewives where we go from like place to place. Next scene is Brooks uh, with Meredith. Um, they're doing stomach exercises at the house. Uh, Brooks says it's the most exercise he's done in six months. Uh, Whitney <laughs> it goes into a antique store um, called Prohibition. But you guys, it's not an antique store. It's a bar, a hidden bar because they're looking to hold an event and they do some kind of like secret code. They're like a little wet not dry and then they open a secret door and you guys the owner is amazing he is a character he is it was really great i hope he comes back i don't think there's any reason for him to but he's just <laughs> you could tell whitney really loved the thought of a hidden door and stuff Oh, from the start of her like checking out the space to the full party, she was in character fully. It was so weird. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like these women are ready. I'm like, where did you train? <laughs> where did you, are you what from Stella Adler? What are you from? doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was great with Whitney too, because I, I think I'm just, I've watched it too much, but I was like, hmm, she loves something with a hidden door because the secrets, mm -hmm. she's holding secrets and she loves something hit. Like I was like looking really Fair deep because she seems so into it. So um, they go through um, our happiness is your happiness. The guy tells Whitney. Uh, then we're at Heather's house and Heather is pulling mini Range Rovers in for all the uh, girls that got preggers. They're not business. cheap. No, I mean, I, I, they probably are more expensive than my Corolla and 
we meet uh, Brady, her business party, and or no, Brady's Dre's husband, and Dre is her business party partner. And she explains that five out of their 20 employees are knocked up, which is, by the way, like, if that is the case, like, do girls come in and like, or like, I had, I think I had pregnant sex last night. Like, I mean, do you like, they're all pregnant at the same time. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, they all looked like the same amount pregnant too. That's what's weird. It's not like it was like, oh, one got pregnant. And then the other was like, I'm jealous. I'm going to get pregnant. It seems like hope- they were equally, there was a pact maybe. And like, like with Vanderpump Rules girls, which I also think. Uh, is uh, I hope that for you and Vanderpump Jewels that you guys. Yeah, all, me too. Actually, that would actually be together. ideal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know more, if Morgan listens to this, she agrees. She loves it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jen uh, Shaw gets out of the car with her aunt Lahua. Uh, I think I'm, and um, she once again is in like fancy strapless or fancy open-toed shoes. In the, um, the cold, wet, yeah. uh, weather. Um, she's comes in in a huge yellow coat, and somebody calls her Tweety Bird. Um, Heather's walking Jen through all the stuff. Everybody's bringing a baby picture, and everyone's gonna guess whose baby picture is who. Everyone's gonna wear white, and they want to focus this party on that. It's not about perfection; it's about love. And we get a little history lesson here. The Mormon prophet says there is. Um, no work outside of the home that will be equal to what the woman does as a mother raising her child inside the home. We are successful Mormons on because we're perfect Mormon wives and we have perfect Mormon families, um, or at least how we appear. And that's, I mean, that that's like, that's a, that's a season to unpack right there. I mean, yeah. Of just being perfect in appearance. Yeah, from the very start of it, of Jen, like, meanly making her aunt walk her to the door when she's just wearing crazy strappy heels for absolutely no reason, because they're literally hanging out in Heather's kitchen, doing nothing, like, just hanging out. It's so weird. It's so weird. Even in, like, Jersey, like, they wear boots. But this is why I'm like, she, I mean, like, I want to know if Jen was like this before this show, or Jen's like, you know, I've got to, I'm going to be on camera, so I'm going to wear the most ridiculous thing that I ever could think of, you know? I don't know. It seems like she's built this team and this lifestyle. So yeah, it was it was fully bizarre. And then the Range Rovers as gifts. It's like the babies won't be able to use those for like years. Like yeah, it's I mean, all weird to me. And it's what, all weird. Yeah, what, by the way, that would be fun to watch the babies try to <laughs> the use newborns. That. They yeah. just like stick them in. Maybe <laughs> that's what they do in Utah. And also, like yeah. you need a license for that kind of thing if you're a baby. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was like a really interesting thing about Mormons and appearances. And that is also mm-hmm. my experience with the Mormons I knew in my life is they were all outwardly perfect. And then a lot of them, you know, as I grew to know them more were inwardly mis- miserable, which mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I mean, that's a lot of religion and stuff like that, but it was very interesting. I've, I've met some of the p- most perfect looking and smiley people in my life. And they usually all at some point kind of had some kind of weird breakdown, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of Instagram influencers who are Mormons where it seems like there's probably something crazy brewing just below the surface of their like poised pictures. So that makes sense to me. Do you ever wonder what it's like for like those like Instagram influencers and Mormons of like what they're like, do they have pitch meetings to somebody of like, this is what I'm thinking, you know, like, cause you do that probably with Vanderpump Jewels with the girls of like, this is the idea. What do you guys think? Can you add in? I wonder if Instagram influencers do that too. 
yeah they have like a breakfast meeting with their children and they're like this is what we're doing this week this is these are our ads like it's just such yeah. a strange existence i can't a, a five-year-old is being asked to like you know put come on act a little you know get a little more smiley in this Bow tie on yeah um okay so um another lady walks in on a red ski parker and terminator glasses like there's some and we never really get to meet who this person is but i wanted to know more about her because she had just fascinating sunglasses on um <laughs> even though in our hearts we know um their paths are not important that the social oh she's just talking more about the social code they're judged on is the outwardly perfect appearance um all the girls are uh piecing all of this stuff for the party together uh we know though heather's world got shut down when she was uh divorced from her husband billy uh she's like i stopped and you know i stopped everything i didn't even frame pictures anymore and i was like fuck i haven't framed pictures <laughs> ever you know like i'm a basket case um, Jen asked Heather, why do you feel that way? And she was like, cause when I was born, I was born to have a family and I chose him not because he was the love of my life, but because he was a Mormon. My husband left me after 11 years of marriage, didn't want to be married to me anymore. I resented him. I curtailed my natural instincts to achieve the family and marriage, uh, in the temple that four generations of moms and dads before us had with no divorce. And I'm the first, and that's fucking gnarly. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. She, yeah, she, her kids will probably be a lot less fucked up than her. And I think she's done a pretty good job considering all of that pressure and all of that, like, insulated culture that she grew up in, that she seems to have, like, moved beyond it. But, like, she's got to wake up every day and struggle with, you know, not getting into heaven with her heavenly family. And Well, know. I mean, like, those kids, though, you're right, though. Like, it'll they'll probably have a better lifestyle because her mom has made this, you know, tough, I mean, been part of yeah. a tough decision. Um, Heather says it means everything in my heart. Uh, everything my heart is, is Mormon. And Jen's like, well, it doesn't make you a bad person. Jen says, you should, you know, you would stay married even if it was terrible. And Heather says 1 million percent, which is just not even a percentage. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's negative. Yeah. The producer asked her in a talking head, have you ever been in love? And she goes, I don't know. Maybe when I was 15 to someone who didn't even like me back. No, see, I mean, that's, that's sad. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, she's projecting onto all these young girls who, you know, I don't know what their situations are, but maybe some of them are in love and she needs to like realize that her own situation doesn't necessarily reflect theirs. But I also hope that Heather finds I'm a, a nice man. I hope she gets back together with whoever that 15 year old person was. That sounds like, <laughs> but like, doesn't that like, that's like so gnarly to think about like the first person that you like our heart. Like when you think about it, it's like that first time your heart experiences like real, like, like liking yeah. of somebody else. It's like, you're never going to, you're always going to remember that person. Nothing's ever going to really compete with that in just like a very innocent way, but it doesn't mean that you're supposed to be with that person. You know, it's just, it's your first time your heart felt that way. Yeah, and I mean, her heart didn't even seem to feel that way. She was just like, <laughs> royalty, sign me up. <laughs> so uh, we're, uh, she, when, so, yeah, she has three daughters and this is going to be better for them. New scene, we're in Meredith's ho uh, house and there she's making Vita tequila margaritas. Um, Brooke says, where's, uh, she spills the margarita everywhere and Brooks is like, where's Letitia the maid to clean up? <laughs> Which is just, and Meredith's like, I don't know, you know, I don't even know where the mop is. We meet Chloe for the first time, who's 18 years old. Uh, she's back from 
uh, on a break from school and it's fortunate. She feels very fortunate that Chloe wants to come home and spend time with her. There's no one she would rather be with than her children. Do you think Meredith has a secret boyfriend? Yes. Yeah, I do. Hundred percent. Yeah. Probably, I, I think in Salt Lake, because she doesn't seem to have any desire to go to Chicago and seems very stuck on staying there for her businesses. But I think she could probably travel to Chicago for the weekend with her husband. You know, if she does have a boyfriend, like I need to see the scene with her new, like her potential boyfriend and Brooks. I mean, the fact that they've all, oh, absolutely, first of all, but I think that the fact that they've already had like a dinner scene where they came out as separated is like, it's the, we're only on episode three. Like I can't keep up. So I'm like, these people are capable of God knows what. You're sleeping with me on the first date and I needed to slow down. Yeah, I yeah. think we're going to meet her boyfriend by like episode five. Like at this pace, it's like. <laughs> Wait, episode six, most of the cast dies. Like yeah, it's just, Absolutely, uh, yeah. Like Mary will be indicted on like Friday and yeah all of a sudden like it's one of those like brooks is 40 by episode seven i'm like this <laughs> really this really show. jumped ahead this is like a <laughs> cm music video um so uh you know she's making uh margaritas because jen shaw is going to come over jen comes in she's fabulous as ever um her confessional look is something in this she has big gold earrings mm -hmm. and she has like this long crimped hair i don't know what do you call done like full, full very done, done. Yeah. yeah it's like I, I what's that thing of like you know before you leave you're supposed to like spin around one time and like then like take, take one thing off, off. yeah she's yeah, adding that. things yeah she's like <laughs> adding things and each one of her shaw squad are adding something new um so she's excited to be invited over she's like my husband doesn't spend a lot of time with me but i'm really excited when i get to hang out with people like meredith um, Brooke asks if Jen is excited for the party. Jen says she's excited for her outfit because it's 1920s. She's going to be a Hollywood madam. I don't want to be a basic 1920s bitch flapper, which is great. <laughs> um, she also mentions that they're going to do a sleepover at uh, Jen's house and do facials. And this is when Jen Shaw starts high kicking. And she's like, I would do one right now, but you would see my vagina. And that's when she goes, grinder, grinder. And Brooks just looks displeased. Brooks looks displeased. But Brooks is also, if we look at the scene of the crime, Brooks is at an angle and far enough away that I don't believe he was exposed. Yeah. And, you know, private. I did a, I did so a safely away from them. <laughs> I did a 360 VR of this and you're right. There's <laughs> no direct angle where Brooks would have seen anything in the talking head. He goes, I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Her vagina is in my face, which is just yeah. there's a lot. He got a lot of blowback about this of like, I got, I heard a lot of how dare you talk about women's bodies like that, you know? See, that does that to me. I'm like, yeah, okay, don't, you know, don't be like the kind of gay guy that calls vaginas gross. But I also like, I don't want a, a vagina in my face. Like, are you kidding? Like, if one of my mom's friends was kicking, I would be like, that's disgusting. I just don't think he could have, there's no, there wasn't a vagina in his face. I think that is the root of the problem. Yeah, and the root I of the problem is a liar. Yeah, he's a he's a fucking, fucking liar. liar. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the grinder, the yelling grinder thing, like there was no we were that was removed from context for us. And I think that that I don't know why he would have said the vagina was the problem if something else was the problem. But I want more from that scene. I want the unedited version. Well, uh, I did on Twitter. Somebody did ask this and Meredith said there was more to this. And I do not know why they didn't sh uh, show it. Oh, well, that, so that's her. 
Yeah, you know, sometimes I do want to be like, Bravo, I'll pay 20 extra bucks a month. You give me all the footage and I'll do what I want with it. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, no, I would die for that, first of all. But yeah, no, I I don't, the the fact that they would show her saying grinder, but never provide any sort of like conversation around that is very bizarre to me. Yeah, like let us like, I wonder if there's one of those, they'll always show the uh, new, the old episode before the new episode and they'll do like pop-up bubbles of like, <laughs> like they'll explain like she was mad during this scene they'll give like behind the scenes stuff i wonder if that would uh, anyways so um brooks is uncomfortable uh jen's like you know your mom has fantastic high kicks and brooks says i'm beyond shocked mom is hanging out with someone who would do that in front of their children and it's like brooks calm down and then this is when chloe's like brooks and i have to go to best buy <laughs> Chloe's in a full like reformation like a bodice dress like she's is she really full, is that what it was I don't I mean I don't know what it was but she's she that, that's an expense she was wearing like a, a nice outfit like not a best buy on like a Tuesday night outfit Wait. and I consciously know when I watch these shows that like these people are getting dressed up because they're being filmed for television not because they're doing whatever they're like the premises that they're doing but at the same time it was a little much what if best buy is like a club in Utah what if it's not the actual store? Like that. Like, <laughs> it's another speakeasy. There's a bar. <laughs> yeah. in I'm looking for an HDMI adapter <laughs> right this way. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And I got to tell you, like, you you get Brooks's personality. I couldn't get a beat on Chloe to save my life. No, Chloe's deeply overshadowed by Brooks. I don't think we'll ever get something on her. I think she's just the lost child in this. But do you ever do that where you'll go down the rabbit hole in your mind of like, I can't even imagine her like like how does she like talk to a guy or a girl she likes like you know it's like she didn't even oh, seem no, like she yeah, had I enough mean, personality I mean like she was beautiful girl I'm sure she's very smart obviously comes from a good family but it didn't I couldn't get a beat on any personal thing you know no she didn't seem to have much much to offer I think Brooks is like a carbon copy of his mother in a lot of ways so it's like it's more accentuated too because you're like oh my god that's definitely your son whereas she was just kind of a generic. And you can tell she's Meredith is very proud. Like she Meredith is like, I have created him, you know? (laughs) Brooks is mine. (laughs) So they go to Best Buy, new scene. We're at Lisa Barlow's house. Her, she's going to take her son driving. Uh, John uh, refuses to go. Jack 15 is the one driving. Um, And she lets us know the old trope of time goes by so fast. And, you know, these kids grow up so fast and all of a sudden, you know, they're just renters and they can't wait to bail bail on you, which, you know, is true. <laughs> um, they say a prayer. Or she says a prayer before she goes. And Jack says, I already said a prayer. And Jack's, she's like, Jack, I need you to go easy on me. And then this was the line they kept hyping up in the commercials, but he didn't mean it as a joke. He goes, I have a strong pullout game, though, because he's like but pulling out the driveway. Even- she didn't even react to that. She wasn't even like, oh, she, stop. I don't think she understood. But I don't think he meant it that way really? either. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't think he was like, I'm going to make a pulling my dick out joke. Like, I feel like her kids, like, I the porn comment, like, I feel like they're trying to push oh, that's her. True. She's just I, not, get, right. like, it's going right over her head. But they're smarter it, than her. It is fun to think about, though, if he didn't mean that and he really legitimately thinks he has a strong pullout game. Yeah, and then that's just being like plastered all over social media and you're 15. I know. That's what I was like. It really was all over social media. And I was like, this poor kid is is never going to have to wear a condom. (laughs) So uh, so they're going driving and uh, 
She goes, remember, confident, not cocky, which is great. Mm -hmm. Be super aware of your surroundings. Remember all the kids are in this neighborhood. And she goes, you want to encourage your kids to be calm and uh, um, confident. And she's like, are you stressed? You need to be calm and more patient with me, she tells Jack. Um, and then she goes, stay in your lane. And Jack says, I get told that a lot. Jack's like, <laughs> yeah, he's got lines. <laughs> and then he, uh, he pulls, they pull into a gas station. She's like, great. Now go get me a 44 ounce Diet Coke, easy ice with lemon. <laughs> 44 ounces is a lot of Diet Coke. I mean, that's what like, that's like my drink. And I'm like a bigger guy. <laughs> like Lisa, like that's like, I would fucking love to go get thirst busters with Lisa. Yeah, Lisa, you know, she that's like her, that's her first of the day too. By 11 a.m. She's like, I need round two. Yeah, well, that's, mom, you're, we're worried about your Diet Coke intake. <laughs> um, so then, uh, so their new scene, Mary is meeting Meredith. So this is the first uh, with Mary. Mary is in red leather with black gloves. They both order the cod at this restaurant. That doesn't come back as any piece of information that you need to know, but just wanted to let you know. And she's like, I'm going through this thing with Robert, her step-grandfather. She's like, we've been inseparable. Um, oh no, Robert's her son. We've been inseparable, but he just turned 17. And now he has this girl who he has feelings with. And, uh, you know, I used to take him to Dubai and Japan for his birthday, wherever he wanted to go. He's still the love of my life, but I'm not of his. And Meredith's like, it's his first serious girlfriend, first girlfriend ever, Mary says. And she's like, it's totally normal to disconnect. The more you push her, him, the, her away, the more he's going to run away. And I think this is, you know, this is one of those things. It's like a very real thing that I'm sure a lot of people go through, right? Yeah, I think it's normal to be like a mom and have like, especially when you only have one teenager and they're like a son and you're a mom, like to have that experience. But you also can't like go insane, which she is going insane with with yeah. her action. But I was shocked at how normal this conversation, I mean, was in a way, you know, of just like, yeah. okay, it, it's 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 over uh, protective mom, but we know that we know that type of character. It's not like, and then she, you know, talks about you know, being married for 20 years and she does this really crazy. Like, she's like, she's like, I hate the people that say I'm so happy. And I've been married for 20 years. I know darn well, your happiness isn't with you. <laughs> she can't. And they, she was like laughing maniacally throughout whatever this description was. Yeah. She's surprisingly open for somebody who's like the leader of a congregation. <laughs> she's it's surprisingly open for somebody who's married to their step grandfather. Yeah. It's all like, I don't, I don't know how these people like there's truth serum involved because they shouldn't be telling me all of this. It gets really crazy here in a sec. So um, she's like, uh, when you, when, you know, you have kids, you start neglecting the marriage. Mary says you grow apart and Robert and I have, have done uh, grown apart, but he's really in love with our son too. I'm the helicopter mom. We became partners rather than a marriage. I'm like, did you become like grandfather, granddaughter? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Mary says, do you think he got complacent if you thought he was going to leave? He, oh yeah. So Meredith says to Mary, do you think um, he got complacent? And if you if you thought he was going to leave, he if you thought sorry if he thought you were going to leave, he would make more of an effort. And she's like, no, my marriage was arranged. We have to make it work. So leaving is not an option. And she says this whole thing with a smile. 
yeah with her like crazy like shaky it's all okay but it's really not smile but yeah i think i think that's probably part of the agreement like if they got a divorce he'd probably get everything i've never seen somebody like i've never met anybody in an arranged marriage yet but i've never had somebody like but i can't imagine like i mean i just like she talked about it so nonchalantly that i was like oh it's totally cool yeah i mean the way she presents it is very like disarming where you're like i guess we have to go along with this but i think we should all never lose sight but it's very strange to marry your step-grandfather. Oh, I, that's the one thing I want us all to take away from this every episode. Yeah. And I really, no matter Don't how- Don't normalize much- it. Don't <laughs> normalize it. This is the worst thing. If we do not want to encourage people to marry their step-grandfathers or grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to prank my mom once and I, like call her and say like, mom, is there anybody that you'd set me up with for marriage? Like, I mean, it would be great <laughs> to see at this point what she would think. So- this conversation, uh, it gets a little more intense. She's like, um, it's my grandmother's second husband who was my step-grandfather. And they show pics of her grandma and him, <laughs> her grandma and him, which makes it even creepier. And oh. she's like, before she passed, she wanted me to be the one to take her place in the church and inherit everything. And it came with, you know, the church, but also marrying her husband. She's like, it don't, makes no sense. Yeah, don't, she, don't try to make it make sense to you. And she's, she's like, don't sense. think it wasn't weird because it was. But I didn't. Uh, I, I trusted my grandmother and I'm glad. She goes, and I'm glad I did it. Um, if something knocks you down, get back up. I learned that through my mom. She chopped my heart up and I pieced it all back together and made a prettier one, which is like, like that's like a that's like an hour long writing. That's like really good writing. So yeah, basically her her grandmother chose her to get all the shit and her mom was mad. Even yeah. though it involved marrying her step. It's, I mean- Like the mom yeah. wanted to marry the step-grandfather more yeah. than, like, that's just wild. <laughs> um, okay, so then it goes even further into it. Um, she's like, how old were you when you disconnected with your mom? She's like 19, which by the way, disconnected is a big Scientology term, yes. I think. So that's huge when I heard that. And she was like, it was hard in the beginning because my mom was my best friend, but she was after money. I was 22 when this happened. She wanted the church. She felt like she'd be marrying Robert Sr. And then she goes, the wedding night was weird. (laughs) It's like, no shit. She's like, this is the darkest part of the whole show. Didn't sleep together the first night. I was on my period. My period lasted for two weeks, then 28 days. I had to get past it. I had to pray to myself and uh, I had to speak to my higher self. It all worked and it couldn't have been better. I made my mind to detox all the people who weren't beneficial to my life. Every leech, every drain. Um, And she says something like um, Robert Sr. kept checking in with her like, is it time yet? Are you still on your period? (laughs) Not good. Oh, it's all bad. (laughs) Like, I hate it. I really hate it. I mean, it was so specific. I feel bad for her. It was so specific. She was like, I kept using my period and then I prayed to God. And that's when I was like, God was like, please do not use me in yeah. this. I did not tell you shit. I did not tell you that. Like, are you I, kidding me? I think if I were her, I would have just chosen like to not get the money and not marry my step-grandfather because I don't know that there is an amount of money that it's worth to marry your step-grandfather. And it's like the clothes don't even look good on her. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. It's just so dark. And she, but she's so open about it and she's talking about it so seriously and like, like a real person. So it's really distracting this whole thing. Um, so anyways, she's like, I love Robert senior and my son and the church and all that stuff. And Meredith, Meredith takes all this in stride. And she's like, I want to come to the church. And yeah. like, I feel like Meredith was like, when you have a friend, friend that's like, I'm in a jam band and like, I play. <laughs> and you're like, I'll come. It's like, okay. uh, when Justin Bobby from the Hills says, come listen to my music, you exactly. know, exactly. or when you're, yeah. When you have a crush on someone, they're like, I do poetry readings. You're like, I love poetry. Yeah. That's yeah. like kind of what Meredith is doing. Your Twitter jokes are really funny. Um, <laughs> So I thought this was great. I thought this like was, uh, well, not great, really creepy, but great in that creepy sense. And she lets her know that Whitney and her dad are coming to the church this week. Um, and Mary's like, uh oh, pressure's on if you guys are coming. And I was like, this is the pressure. Like, what? About, uh, anyway, so new scene, <laughs> Mary to this house. She's ma- going to make some guacamole. And Brooke says, um, Brooks is making his own almond milk, which is just like, that's a they chef's kiss. Never, this is both of their first times in the kitchen. Oh, so- it was. Amazing. Their aliens dropped into a different planet. He literally her puts all their shoulders. What'd you say? Her blazer on her shoulders as she's making the guac. Neither <laughs> of them are dressed to be anywhere near food. <laughs> well, Crazy. It's just, no, it's like this is the first time he's used a blender, and it's he look literally looks like it's a miracle. He's like, oh my god, it <laughs> like it worked. And but this scene, like he wants her he wants to let her know um, this is when we find out he took the semester off to support uh, the mom. And, but he also wants to keep her grounded. And she, he goes, I'm sure you can tell Chloe and I were very uncomfortable when Jen was here. And Meredith's like, yeah, it was a surprise for me too. And I'm sorry you were uncomfortable. And he goes, well, we were, <laughs> and she can act however she wants, but she can act like that in your house. And it's very uncalled for. And I do not need Chloe having that experience either. Chloe and I were in very uncomfortable positions. We saw parts of that woman I never want to see again. And Meredith goes, she wanted to have a sleepover on Saturday. And he goes, well, that's not going to happen. We want to hang out with you. He's a tyrant. He's Regina George. He's literally Regina George. But it's like, hey, Brooks, you don't fucking call the shots. Like, that's when I got offended. I was like, I decide when, I decide who. You do not rule your mother. Yeah, I feel like Brooks, probably part of it is, like, his mom is separated. It's, like, a new thing. Like, he's used to, like, mom and dad family time and not his mom, like, chilling with the girls, having sleepovers and things like that. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, he needs to relax. Needs yeah, totally. To so, uh, so Meredith is like, okay, you know, I guess, uh, I guess I can't go because that's how, you know, families work. So now we're at uh, Mary's house. Robert Sr. is making a smoothie. This is the step-grandfather and they're just doing normal things. Like the stove doesn't work. She's wearing a gold headband and a gold it's, necklace. It's like very- a 2014 outfit. <laughs> She's chain smoking. No. Um, <laughs> and the step-grandfather is like, thank you, Miss Mary, like being all cutesy. And Mary's like, we need to get serious about Robert uh, Jr. He's not learning anything at the school. He's going there just because this girl's there. And Robert Sr.'s like, he's spoiled. And Mary- like, Junior in high school. Like, I don't understand what, what is the urgent, like, it's already, it's done. You're a junior. Yeah. Like, I, well, I think it would almost like disturb him more to have him- 100%. Some, yeah, so uh, Mary says, well, Robert Sr., you're spoiled too. 
yeah, you need to grow up, she says. And it's like, yeah, you need to stop marrying your granddaughters. Yeah, it's all strange. Yeah. Rob uh, says, you're a brat right now after, um, it, it's just crazy. And once again, she's like, when we first got married, I had to get to know him and my grandma nailed it. If I were to pick a guy, he has all the qualities of a guy I would want. <laughs> she literally says, my grandmother had great taste and like, yeah. this is the kind of guy I would want. So it ended up working out for me. Okay. So oh, she's asking my sister with her grandmother. Oh, yes. Like if she gets to heaven, she'll like high five her grandmother, you know? Yeah, they're all one. Um, so the sun comes down and he's like, well, we're pretty much going to send you away to like a boarding school. We, we don't, you know. In LA for some reason. And I know. And it's just like, <laughs> how do you think LA is like safer than Utah? Um, he, but he doesn't want to go. It isn't necessary. I feel like I can go to a regular school. Um, it, it's, you know, so that happens. I don't know. The, the scene when ends with her going, so it's clear you're going to a different school. And he goes, yes. It's Would really you- weird. I also feel like it's strange that like she wants to, like basically her, her main argument is like, this girlfriend's ruining my life. I want to be closer to him, but I'm going to send them to a boarding school in LA that he doesn't yeah. want to go to because he'll feel lonely. <laughs> so now we're, 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 at, we're at Mary's pace, place of business, Faith Temple. And uh, we got uh, Whitney and her dad and Meredith there. And uh, Whitney's like, you know, when, when's the last time you've been to church? And she's like, he's like, about 10 years ago, I think. And then she goes, my dad did 30 days of rehab and he's considering going to sober living. And she's like, ever since he left the Mormon church, I've been his only support system and I cannot be everything for my dad. Going to church is a great opportunity for him to feel more loved, more community, more support, because that's what my dad needs to stay sober. And it's like, this is where like the gravity of that like wins me over, you know? It does, but I also feel so bad because I'm like, I really don't think Mary's church is like the place you're trying to go. Oh, no, right? God, no. no. That's like, <laughs> I'm like, you're so naive. That's like me going, I need you to meet my friend Charles Manson, you know? Yeah, right. Like he makes amazing music. Uh, <laughs> Mary, Mary, uh, and Mary always felt like she was in training with uh, being the head of the church. And when my grandma passed, uh, she didn't know what to do. And then one day she finally got up there and it was like something was pulling her up and uh, she knew how to do it. And she goes, but then she, we get to see her do it. And uh, <laughs> she's like literally going, ah, you believe it. Yeah. Ah! Like I couldn't really yeah. make out what she was saying. It was just like, she didn't really even seem to have a powerful voice, you know? Yeah, her presence wasn't even that impressive necessarily. She had like the like the like shakes and you know the yells and stuff, but like I didn't feel it. I didn't feel no. like she really meant it. Maybe but people in her congregation seem to really feel it, you know. And maybe it's one of those things you need she to be some fans. You need to see it live to really get it, you know. Like maybe it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like for the Grateful Dead. Yeah, exactly. Hey, could you give me a, a 2012 Real- Mary sermon, please? Real heads now. Um, so, uh, but the dad is loving it. The dad's like, all right. Yeah. He's like, and then they get into crying and Whitney says, this is the first time I've seen my dad feel love and acceptance. And, uh, you know, uh, Mary's like, it's okay to give up. You can take over Jesus. Heal, heal, heal. And when he's dad, just like, please let me yeah. survive this. And Whitney's dad's like, oh, this is so sad. It's great. And Whitney's like, I'm visibly seeing he he is, you know, working out his life. 
uh, which is just such an intense scene. And then, then we go to Jen's ski chalet and she has a team of three people doing a test run on her prohibition outfit. The Shaw squad is in full effect. Uh, they're kissing her ass. 1920s never look so good. Um, someone is bringing her a shot uh, with berry garnishes. And I'm just like, I would love for people to just like bring tequila shots every now and then as like a pick me up, you know? Right. And also I'm like, there's 16 people here, like head to toe, like pampering you. And this is the preparation, the, the test run for your friend's party at like a normal bar. And you have a Shaw it's a normal squad. party. Do you have a Shaw squad? Like, um, is there like a schedule? Like when I used to work at Blockbuster where it was like, yeah. okay, you're on on Wednesday, you're on the holiday, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. There has to be somebody around the clock to like comfort her. <laughs> so they were talks- talking about like her hiring someone to cry for her. Oh God. I want, I want money. <laughs> <laughs> Real heads now. Uh, she, she talks about getting a text from Meredith about canceling the sleepover because Chloe's there, which I think is a pretty solid excuse, but like, yeah. you know, she's not buying it. Jen's like, Chloe's in her first year of college. She doesn't want to hang out with you, you know? And it's like- Again, more uh, projection. <laughs> I mean, Chloe wants to hang out at Best Buy, so it's very possible she does want to hang out with Meredith, you know? Also, she's like in Utah to see her family. I don't think she lives there normally. So yeah. yeah. like I think it's a great excuse to get out of something. Yeah. Um, she's like, I want to be with friends with people who care and respect me. Okay, great. So now we're at night of the baby shower. Heather, we see Heather's baby pick. Everything looks great and white. Whitney comes in. Uh, oh, one of the girls' name that's pregnant is Whitney, not the Whitney from the show. <laughs> um, I just I wrote I like Heather a lot. This is really nice of her. And um, yeah, uh, Heather's trying not to cry, and she says, "I'm horrified you're all pregnant so young, but we're here to support you." And it was it was really funny and cute. And she said it makes her reevaluate what she's teaching her children. She will always support them. And she, you don't always have to be perfect or even good at it, um, at, at being a mother. She wants you to know that anything is possible. And then we see, you know, Mormon guys doing you know, fun <laughs> things, guy, games, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to make fun of the Mormon religion, but it is a very specific, you know, you know, no caffeine, no alcohol, that kind of thing. So, oh. and I'm, I'm ruined. Yeah. So when uh, Jen and Heather are talking and they haven't all been together since skiing and since there was a clean slate with all of them, uh, Whitney says, speaking of clean slates, I really mean it. I'm going to start with a clean slate. Even Lisa is invited to my prohibition party. And she asks, is Mary Cosby coming? And (laughs) why? And Whitney goes, I like Mary. And I don't give a fuck clean slate, dirty slate. You're irrelevant. I don't care. She's talking about Mary. Heather in a talking head says, how are we going back to this place again? And Jen, Which I agree with, I agree with Heather. Yeah, it is funny, but Jen's like pushing, go. but that's a, that's a classic housewife trope of not letting things go. Yes. Also a thing that originally was also like taken, blown out of proportion. Yes, exactly. So and then holding it. Yeah. I, I'm just scared. We're going to deal with this for like eight more episodes. That would mm. be the only failure of Salt Lake. Um, Jen says, be your, be your friend, ride or die, but don't make fun of my family. Uh, this is about the hospital. Um, Jen in a talking head says, everyone knows if you're friends with Mary, you have to put up with the twilight zone every day. That's just what happens. But when she made the comments about my aunt smelling and me smelling like hospital, she knows how close I am with my aunt. And you know she doesn't really know about my family. Whitney um, 
says, well, she took my dad, I took my dad to Mary's church and the community of people, you know, just, you know, bonded around him and it was beautiful night for me. And Jen goes, you're going to go to Mary's church. Jen is saying, well, you're not really a friend to Heather. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, but, anyway, <laughs> but anyways, Jen understands. She's like, why, why she understands why Whitney would go, but why would Meredith go? That's a personal dig at me. Jen thinks. Meredith says, you can't be friends. Meredith can't be friends with her and friends with me. I'm not saying choose. I'm just saying, tell me, but that's, she's really saying choose. Yeah. So when uh, she says vote. Well, yeah, I think I don't, but. yeah, I think it's like in that or in this like last scene, but Whitney in a talking head says, I understand about Jen and Mary, but don't understand about Meredith. There are no sides to choose. Yeah. Jen, ro Jen rolls her eyes and says something about bitch something, like bitch something. I think Mar Jen takes just everything personally. Like I could never be friends with Jen because it's like the Mary thing was like obviously blown out of proportion. Like she smelled weird and it was like uncomfortable, but she didn't know about her aunt. She just, it was not on her radar. And then, you know, the Meredith thing, I think she canceled for a good reason, but now she's putting, she's connecting those two things. And she's yeah. like, everybody hates me. <laughs> it's, yeah. And I'll I love it. Applaud. So we go at the new scene, which is like the last scene. And it's like, we, uh, we know it's important because we hear the choral music of like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and we do the classic housewife. Everybody's getting ready. Lisa's house. I don't know what to wear. I'm not into twenties, maybe seventies. Whitney's house. Her husband's just looking at her in a gold dress. Um, you know, she has a smoking device. This is what I'm saying. Like, Whitney has a smoking device, one of those like smoking cigarette things. And he's like, what's that smoke? What's in that smoking device? And she's like, maybe something illegal. It's like she loves, like she, she like gets a kick out of she what. She has a stripper pole in her house. Yeah, she yeah, she's she like, I like being it. naughty, but she's like, yeah. she's like, but it's weird. It's like, I feel like she's innocent naughty, but at the same yeah. time she could be like, just cause you're a swinger doesn't mean you're in, not innocent. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so sorry, but I, I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> No, I think there's like a novelty to drinking and smoking that is still kind of innocent, but I also feel like she engages with the behavior. What would you think if you, if like episode five rolls around and we literally see a swinger party happening? Oh my God, that would be a dream, a swinger party on Real Housewives franchise. They don't show the swinging, but it's like on Summer House when you like either night vision cameras or you hear the, oh, 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 yeah, you hear like the sounds. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, at this pace, that'll be, yeah, definitely season one. I mean, that's like that single-handedly would be like, okay, well the Emmys are spoken for. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, okay. So they finally get to the party. Um, Whitney's 1920 party. Everybody's in their like, Gatsby clothes. Mary's all dolled up. Meredith comes in in a classic suit uh knows how to suit yeah 70s suit she looked great no she looked she's yeah. very a beautiful woman and uh there are contortionists there uh Cirque du Soleil people are swinging from the ceiling Heather says there's too much vulva which is great um, <laughs> and a talking head uh she's like Whitney loves a stripper pole Lisa says we see mm -hmm. a nude cowboy and Lisa's like that's not 1920s um <laughs> guys are oh yeah like it really i i'm just like obsessed with it but it did look i don't know swinger community but it looked to me like a swinger community yeah it looks like it's a venue that would be swinger friendly yeah exactly like i hate that i'm like that i'm such a like a 
a little kid where I'm like, oh, they're all swingers. They're all swingers. They're all no. gonna they're all gonna make love later. Yeah, I know. Now that you put that in my head, I'm gonna look for the signs. Um, so this is the big thing: is Jen Shaw finally walks in, and this is remember I tell you guys all the time is that the producers do are in charge of who comes in last, and they gave that to Jen Shaw. And she is with, I think, one of the gay Shaw squads mm -hmm. um, that's like- Trailing kind of, with her train. And also dress. dressed normally. Like, yeah. <laughs> like dressed like nor like a, like I'm dressed right now. And well, it's also a very normal bar. Like it's just a standard like parking lot situation. It's there's nothing fancy happening. There's a secret door, Liz. <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's a secret door. There is a secret door. That's the fanciest part of the whole it's situation. Probably the craziest place in Utah. True. Um, uh, the, the, so the Shaw Squad guy is holding Jen's coat. Um, Mary is complimenting Meredith's look and jewelry. And Jen goes, I want to give Meredith the benefit of the doubt. But the first thing I see is her with Mary M. Cosby. And then it was like, next time on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I love that she says Mary M. Cosby. Yes, it's like so regal. Like it gives, like it really is cool. Um, and then, so they show the preview for tomorrow night's episode and we do see, we start to humanize Jen Shaw because she's crying at her dad's graveyard. So I think that's I'm looking like looking forward to because so far they have positioned her kind of as this like villain. Yes, like that's what I thought was cool is that like these producers might be brilliant because it's like they can sense when we're like, oh, this lady's starting to get ridiculous. We need to humanize her a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's definitely what they did with Mary. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. Like she's normalized yeah. marrying relatives. Um, Liz, you are the best. I know this is so late for you over there and you have a real job, but you really <laughs> are one of the funniest people that I follow on Twitter. Your Instagram, Vanderpump Jewels, continually kills it. Uh, what else are you doing? Anything that we can promote or any, any? are you starting a podcast? What's going on? <laughs> no, not yet. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, no, I'm going to plug my roommate's business. She's a jewelry yes. designer. Oh, and I she... see this on the your Instagram yes. all the time. They're really She's awesome. Sick. So it's tempera mental underscore design. So tempera like T-E-M-P-E-R-A mental M-E-N-T-A-L underscore designs. And she's a sick jewelry designer based in Brooklyn and her stuff's all handmade and super cool. So I'm plugging will that. You, um, will you DM or text me that information so I can put it on the description yes. tomorrow? Yes, totally. Um, but Liz, thank you really, you're, this was, I knew you'd be perfect to talk about this and it just, it was so fun always talking to you. So thank you so much. And, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you. Always thank, no, thank you. <laughs> the amazing Liz O'Malley folks. And now we are at the end of another show. Remember though, you got, you got like a four hour show that's coming at you tomorrow afternoon with one with two amazing people and the Ian Gelfin interview I am so proud of just because he, he really lets us in on some good dirt about summer house family karma all that stuff he was just such a um such a good guy you know I'm excited for you guys to hear it uh I wanted you we're gonna end with a sad song and I said I was gonna play Phoebe Bridgers earlier but I just went down like a 30 minute rabbit hole of Phoebe's music. And I think I'm going to add that to the four hour one and I'll probably play her a lot in December. Cause she has a lot of Christmas songs, actually sad Christmas songs, which are the best happy along December. We'll celebrate that on the four hour one. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I was just going down music and I, you know, when the air changes and it starts getting colder and I know you East coast people get this a lot earlier, but in the West coast, 
you get that real, it's warm during the day and at night you get this real chill in the air. And it's nice because I grew up in Kansas where it got super cold, you know. But then you get out to Arizona and L.A. and you're kind of blood thins and you get cold at really (laughs) very, you know, minuscule drops in temperature. But I always think of this song when it gets cold. It was one of those songs that you would play in your car at night. And um, I remember vividly driving around and listening to this song or this album, actually. Uh, My dad got me, uh, you know, those CDs your dad or your parents would have. And you would play and you would act like you were an adult. You're like, I'm going to borrow this CD. And you'd play it in your room and act all adult. Well, this is one of the ones that stuck for me that I just thought was a great album. And I still still do to this day. Uh, Her name is Tracy Chapman. And I just think she's she's real great. And uh, this song is called Fast Car. And it's a live version from 1988 from Oakland. And it's just her and a guitar. And... It somehow reminds me of the winter so much, of just when the air gets cold, and I just vividly remember. And when I smoked cigarettes, just remember smoking a cigarette, driving, and listening to this. And I remember when that air gets colder, those are sometimes when you miss smoking the most. And it's been years now, uh, but I always just remember a good song and some nice cold air. And a nice night drive would sometimes be the best time for a cigarette. And you would listen to these songs and you would pretend, not pretend because we all have our struggles, but you would pretend like what it is like to want to get into a fast car and leave your life behind and try to uh, to get to, to, to more solid ground. But I think this is just a real amazing live performance because the intimacy in it and you really believe what she's singing about you believe she's lived it now i was just listening and this might sound silly justin bieber has a um like a two minute version of this song that he played for like bbc radio a couple of years back and it's good in the sense that his voice sounds good and it's really pretty and blah 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 but you could tell he didn't he hasn't really lived it or you know i know he grew up very poor you know but um i don't know but the emotional connection wasn't there. Um, but it sounded good. But this one, it emotionally resonates. Like, it kind of, like, grabs your heart and just tugs at it. And just like, damn, depth of human emotion. And that's what it's all about. So I uh, wanted to leave you with this. This is Tracy Chapman's Fast Car Live 1988 from the Oakland Arena uh, I'll be talking to you guys a lot more. So thank you. And, and guys, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, episode four, tomorrow night. Love you. Bye. Somewhere, any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove 
last car And I got a plan to get us out of heaven Working at the convenience store Managed to save just a little bit of money We won't have to drive too far Just across the border and into the city You and I can both get jobs And finally see what it means to be living Got a problem. He lived with a bottle, that's the way it is. He says his body's too old for working. His body's too young to look like his. My mama went off and left him. She wanted more from life than he could give. I said, Somebody's got to take care of him. So I quit school, and that's what I did. Is it fast enough so we can fly away? We gotta make a decision. We leave tonight and live and die this way. Cause I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights lay out before us, and your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder, and I. I had a feeling that I belonged And I, I had a feeling I could be someone Be someone, be someone You got a fast car We go cruise and entertain ourselves You still ain't got a job Work in the market as a checkout girl I know things will get better You'll find work and I'll get promoted We'll move out of the shelter Buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs Cause I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast I felt like I was strong City lights lay out before us, and your arm built nice wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. And I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. You got a fast car. I got a job that pays all our bills You still drinking late at the bar Seeing more your friends than you do your kids I always hope for better Maybe together you and me find it I got no plans, I ain't going nowhere Take a best car and keep on driving Cause I remember when we were driving Driving in your car so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights lay out before us, your arm built nice wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. And I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. 
Fast enough so you can fly away. You gotta make a decision. Leave tonight and live and die this way. Batches.